Shalom, Shalom. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Truth Matters. The title of this episode is God, the Father and the Son. Through this study, we will see that both are God operating in the same spirit. I have five points I would like to discuss. So let's begin. Point number one, who is God and what does God mean? So God in the strong concordance, H430 is Elohim. It is a plural word used to note the creator of the heavens and the earth. It can also be used to identify angels, judges, and rulers. But for this study, we're talking about the creator. The most high God is the father. The son of God is Christ. The son is the most high's first creation. Let's read Revelation 3 and 14. And it says, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things say of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Let's go to Colossians 1 and 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? So, like I stated in the introduction, my premise is that God is the Father and the Son, and they are the Creator. Just as the Father, the Most High, is God, the Son is also God. Matter of fact, His Father even calls Him God. Let's go to Hebrews 1 and 8. But unto the Son He saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. The writer of Hebrews pulled this from Psalms 45 and 6. The Son was present with the Father in the beginning. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Most High created His Son and gave Him authority to create the world and to give life. He is the Creator, therefore He is God. Every ability and power the Son has, the Father gave it to Him. You can see Matthew 28 and 18 for that. The Father created the Son for His pleasure. Revelations 4 and 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now let's read Colossians 1 and 16, and this is speaking of Christ. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. The Most High created all things for His Son. His Son created all things for us. The world was made for Israel's sake. You can find that in 2 Ezra 6 and 55. So the scriptures prove that the Most High and the Son work as a team to accomplish the same purpose, which is the will of the Father. Sirach 18 and 1. For he that liveth forever have created all things in general. This is speaking of the Father. Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 1. 9 and 1. O God of my fathers and Lord of mercy, who has created all things with thy word. 
we know the word is the son. We read that in John 1. So this is just saying that the most high created all things through his son. It was his plan, his idea, and the son made it. The father said, let there be light. The son created it. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the heavens. The sun created it. Let there be lights in the heaven. The sun created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Let's read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So for my first point, I just wanted to show the creator of the heavens and the earth is the Father and the Son. Point number two, God is eternal. Let's read two scriptures that prove that the Father is eternal. Psalms 93 and 2. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. 2nd Ezra chapter 8 verses 20 and 21. O Lord, thou that dwellest in everlastingness, which beholdeth from above things in the heaven and in the air, whose throne is inestimable, whose glory may not be comprehended, before whom the host of angels stand with trembling. And you can also read Sirach 42 and 21 and Isaiah 40 and 28 to see that the Father is everlasting. Now the Son, He is everlasting. Let's prove this through the scriptures. Colossians 1 and 17. And He, speaking of Christ, is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Micah 5 and 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall He come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been of old from everlasting. We know that this ruler to rule over Israel was Christ. So Michael 5 and 2 says his goings forth have been of old. Old in the Strong's Concordance. 869.24 says it means ancient times or beginning. We already read that Christ is the beginning of God's creation and he was in the beginning with God. Um, to further prove to further prove that the Son and the Father are eternal, they are both Alpha and Omega, meaning that all things start and end with them. Some precepts for that would be Isaiah 44 and 6, Revelation 1 and 17, Revelation 21 and 6, Revelation 22 and 13, and Colossians 1 and 18. So now we see why Hebrews 13 and 8 says that Jesus Christ, or Yahweh Shai, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because he is eternal, he is everlasting. Lastly, this is why John 8 and 58 reads, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. I am means I existed. He is before all creation. We read that in Colossians 1 and 17. So before Abraham was created, Christ already existed. Now, many try to use this verse to say that Christ is the most high because he quoted Exodus 3 and 14. I do not agree with this. If you read Exodus 3, this was the angel of the Lord talking to Moses. That angel was the Messiah. What does I am that I am means? It means I exist, I have always existed, and will continue to exist, 
past, present, and future, meaning everlasting, meaning eternity. Remember what Hebrews 13 and 8 said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And John the Baptist testifies that Christ existed before Abraham and that he is eternal. In John chapter 1 verse 15, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now in earth, John the Baptist was born before Christ. So we know that he's talking about his divinity, how he existed outside of time. Let's look at one more example. John 20 verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Was Thomas wrong for saying this? No, he was not. As we have seen thus far, Christ is indeed God. He is just not his father. And I will further prove that point as we go through this study. But nonetheless, he is God because he created the world and he breathed life into man. This was the father's will. The scriptures are true. God manifest in human flesh, but it was not the most high God. It was the son of God. So far, we see that the Messiah was the father's first creation. The father and the son are known as God. Both created the heavens and the earth and that both of them are eternal. Point three, God has a God. What I mean by this is the son of God says throughout scripture that he has a God. Therefore, this God is his head. And let's get some precepts to back that up. with. First Corinthians 11 and three. But I will have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is the man and the head of Christ is God meaning his father, the most high God. John 13 and 6. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is no greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Christ was a servant to his father. Also, we know that through the gospels, Christ was sent by his father and he just plainly said that his father is greater than him let's read john 14 and verse 28 ye have heard how i said unto you i go away and come again unto you if you love me you will rejoice because i said i go unto my father for my father is greater than i the father is greater because he has always existed and he created his son he is greater because he has no God above him, the God, the most high God, the only true God. And we will see that in a moment. Let's read John 20 and verse 17. Yahweh Shai said unto her, touch me not. I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Revelation 3 and 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. So, we clearly see the Son has a God. 
which is his father, and the father is greater than the son. So the son cannot be the father, and the father cannot be the son. Though they operate in the same spirit, they are two distinct persons. The Most High God has no God or power above him. Therefore, he is the only true God. Because without him, nothing, not even his son, would exist. Let's read John 17 and 3. And this is, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, or Shai, whom you have sent. And that's out of the mouth of Christ himself. He is telling you the only true God is his Father, not him. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This is why John 10 and 30 says, I and my Father are one. Does that mean that they're the same person? Absolutely not. They are of the same mind and spirit. Therefore, they accomplish a common will, the will of the Father, the God of Christ, the one who is greater than him. Everything the Son spoke, it was the words of the Father. This is why in Deuteronomy 18 and 18, it says that the prophet that would come should speak the Father's words. That's what a prophet does, and that's what Christ did. John 12, verses 49 and 50. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. The works that Christ did was from the power of his Father working in him. John 14 and 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? That's because they, they were operating in the same spirit. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doth the works. The glory the Son had came from the Father. John 17 and 22. And the glory that thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. Let's go to Daniel 7 and read verse 14. And there was given him, and this is speaking of the Messiah, and there was given him dominion, glory, a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So all that Christ has is because his father gave it to him. He spoke his father's words. He did the works of his father. The father glorified him, gave him glory, gave him a kingdom, gave him dominion, the, the ability to, to rule. The father did all these things for his son. Not one time do we see Christ giving his father power his father a kingdom, his father anything, because all things came through his father. Point number four, the image of God. What does the father look like? 
To know what the father looks like, we must look at his son. He is the physical representation of his father. That's why he says in John 12 and 45, And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Colossians 1 and verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. Let's read Revelation chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they were burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Genesis 49 and 12. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Let's continue on to Second Esdras 2 and 43. And in the midst of them, and in the midst of them there was a young man of high stature, taller than all the rest, and unto every one, and unto every one of their heads he set crowns, and was more exalted, which I marveled at greatly. Let's get down to verses forty six and forty seven. Then said I unto the angel, What young person is this that crowneth them? and giveth them palms in their hands. So he answered and said unto me, It is the Son of God, whom they have confessed in the world. Then began I greatly to commend them that stood so stiffly for the name of the Lord. So we just saw that Christ is a tall man. He's a melanated man with a white beard and a white fro with red eyes. This is what the Father must look like as well. I've heard Israelites, I've heard this come from Israelites more than Christians, which I'm not sure how to feel about this, but nonetheless, I've heard Israelites say the father doesn't have a body because he's a spirit and he's invisible. To me, that's absolutely ridiculous. To me, that's ridiculous. Angels are ministering spirits. Yet, they have a body. They wear garments. But they're spirits. And we don't see them. But they exist, right? The Father is invisible because nobody has ever seen Him. I I just don't like that assertion because it's stupid. So yes, the Father is a spirit. But clearly, He has a body. He sits on a throne. And He wears a garment. Let's get into some scriptures on that. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7 and we'll read verses 9 and 10. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. The Ancient of Days is the Father, whose garment was white as snow, and the hairs of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Let's read... Isaiah 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. So, so far we see the Most High is sitting on the throne in a white garment. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4 and we'll read verses 2 and 3. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, A throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. 
and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So jasper and a sardine stone are reddish and brown in color, just like the sun has a bronze brown complexion. Revelation 5 and 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Now look at that. The spirit has hands. This spirit on the throne got hands. He wearing a garment. He got white hair. He has a, a, a complexion that's brown or reddish. So all that stuff about the father being a spirit and, and he invisible. And, and the Israelites that say this is because they try to they try to force the son being the most high because the father is a spirit and he's invisible and nobody never seen him. What Boosie say? Come on, man. We got to do better than that. So for point four, we saw that the father and son resemble one another just as some of us resemble our parents. It ain't that hard. For instance, my dad um, passed away when I was 10, and I have an older brother. He looks so much like my dad. It's, it's freaky. It's really weird. i never forget when I was, um, before I came in the truth, my family was celebrating, celebrating these pagan holidays, and it was Thanksgiving. And I hadn't seen my brother in maybe like seven years. It had been a long time. He was in jail. He came through my mama front door, and I thought it was my dad coming back from the grave. That's how much he looked like our dad. And it was scary to me. And he scares my entire family like that. My uncle scared of him. Like, it got to the point where he had to call before he came around because he scared people so much they thought he was my dad from the grave. That's how much he looked like him. Anywho, let's move on to point five, the unity of God. John 10, verse 30, it reads, I and my father are one. Now, most people use this verse to say that the father and the son are the same person. But as we have seen, the father is one being and the son is one being. So what does it mean? when it says that they are one. It means they have the same spirit. Therefore, they have the same will, which we have seen throughout this study. The father created the son from his own essence and gave him his nature. The son did not and cannot do anything unless his father commands him to. Because they have the same spirit, we as his children can be one with them meaning the Father's Spirit dwelling in us. Let's read John 17, verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these that are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. How do we know that the Father and the Son have the same Spirit? Let's visit the book of Nehemiah. So let's read Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 30. Yet many years, yet many years did thou forbear them and testified against them by thy spirit and thy prophets. Yet they were not here. Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. 
So the spirit that was in the prophets was the spirit of the Most High. That's what the text said, right? So let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll read verses 10 and 11. And it says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So we see that the Spirit of Christ was in the prophets. Just as we read in Nehemiah, the Spirit of the Father was in the prophets. Therefore, the Father and the Son are the same Spirit. We know by reading Revelation 19 and 10 that the testimony of Christ is the Spirit of prophecy. For example, Christ prophesied through David, Isaiah, Daniel, and Zechariah of his sufferings. Let's take a look at some of those real quick. The prophecy through David, we can find that in Psalms 22 and 16. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. Verse 18, they parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. This was fulfilled in Matthew 27 and 35. The prophecy through Isaiah is found in Isaiah 53. Read that whole chapter when you get a chance. Prophecy through Daniel, Daniel chapter 9 and 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Cut off means he will be killed. And the prophecy through Zechariah. Let's start at, let's read Zechariah 12 and we'll start at verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretches forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Verse 10 is the key verse. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. So Peter revealed to us that it was Christ that prophesied of himself through the prophets. Also, you can read Isaiah 49. When you read it, you will see that the Messiah was speaking through Isaiah about how his father formed him and the life and the will that he gave him. You can also read in Isaiah 63 of the Messiah speaking about himself destroying Idumea or Edom, which goes back to Genesis 49 and 11. Whether the Messiah was on earth or in the heavens, he spoke what the Father told him. Christ was slain before the earth was created. That's Revelation 13 and 8. The Most High told him his will before they ever created the earth. And he prophesied it through his prophets for it to be a witness and testimony for us. John 6 and 38. For I am come down from heaven 
not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Luke 22 and 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. So Christ didn't have his own will. He was obedient to his father to do what his father told him to do. Last scripture, Hebrews 10 and 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. That concludes the study. We've seen that the Father and the Son are God, but the Son is under the headship of his Father. He did nothing of himself, only what the Father or his God instructed him to do. He was his Father's first creation and was given his Father's nature. We saw that the Son's beginning was in eternity. He was created way before the earth was ever formed. Through the Son, we see the Most High's physical image. We established that the two are one, meaning they are of the same spirit, therefore having the same will. That spirit and will is of and from the Father. Though the Father and the Son operate as God, they are two distinct persons. The Son is greater than us and the angels, but he is not greater than the Father. But he is to be honored and praised. He is our light, our salvation, and our God. His Father created him for these purposes, and for that we are to honor worship and praise the most high so thank you for tuning in i hope you all were able to learn something and i hope you have a better understanding of the most high and his son as always continue to study and keep enduring until next time shalom